Hello, and welcome to The Unique CPA. I'm your host, Randy Crabtree. The goal of our show is to keep you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. The Unique CPA podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guest is Adam Croson. I originally met Adam through Geneva Group International, which is a, the largest organization of independent accountants, lawyers, and management consulting firms in the world. Adam was CEO of GGI North America from October 12 through February of 20, and CEO of Geneva Capital Group, which is a global network of M&A, corporate finance, and strategy firms from November 14 through February 20. There's a theme here. February 20, it seems to have come to an end. In February this year, he left and started Inspired Professionals. Inspired Professionals is a firm that helps cultivate high-impact individuals and teams through a blended soft-skill development program that instills a greater understanding of self and others while achieving a culture of collective winning for company and clients. Okay, that was a mouthful. Adam, welcome to the Unique CPA. Feel like we're gonna have to change that a little bit no thank you sir pleasure to be here well i'm glad you're here and and and, and we're going to get into how i just defined inspired professionals i don't know if that's how you define it i'll ask you that in a second i did find that on the internet so i know somebody defined your business that way I, you'll just have to explain to me uh what that all means but before we do that I mentioned in the beginning, we met through GGI, and GGI is an association that uh, we at Trimerit are part of and, and very thrilled. It's a great group, and, and you always were great to work with, so we appreciate the time that we had with you there. I'm just a little curious of how you got into working with CPA. Well, I guess you weren't working just with CPAs because I mentioned there it was lawyers and M&A and, uh, you know, the uh, strategic uh, financial advisors and, and all this. But how did this, how did this, because as far as I know, before GGI, that wasn't your career path, correct? So how did you get into this? And, and, and uh, I guess give us a little background on that. It's always a good question. Uh, <laughs> and it's a good story. <laughs> nice. Uh, I like good stories. That's great. So yeah, I was in Las Vegas at the time. That's where I was doing uh, my studies for university, putting myself through school through the hospitality industry mainly. Uh, that is what most people did who were there in Las Vegas. And uh, I was also doing some mortgage banking that was working with my family, had a long legacy in that. And funny enough, I was at a restaurant bar one day or one evening. <laughs> uh, day evening, <laughs> they ran together. <laughs> in Las Vegas. <laughs> and there was this European sitting next to me at the bar and uh, turns out he's this, this Swiss gentleman who's a little chatty for a Swiss guy. And uh, no offense, of course. <laughs> but, um, and he was just saying like, hey, what, uh, you know, tell me more about Las Vegas. And we kind of slowly got to talking. And he started telling me about, hey, um, I run this large international uh, group of law firms and accounting firms. And we're really starting to develop in North America. And I'm looking for people who you know, might be interested. I had absolutely no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> uh, but he essentially said, hey, well, what about if I fly you out to, uh, to Boston on one of my next trips where we're probably going to have our head office for North America and uh, we'll have a meeting there. And if it goes well, I'll fly you out to Europe and you can meet everyone and see what it's all about. And so that's what I did. I said, you know what? I think 
a big component of growth is challenging yourself and change in general, being uncomfortable. Right. I've never been to the East Coast before. I flew out in uh, February. I still remember when the plane landed uh, from Vegas, right? Incredibly warm all the time. Yep. We land in Logan and the pilot says, welcome to Boston. It's nine degrees. It's a balmy <laughs> nine degrees. And I actually asked people around me. I'm like, he, he said nine, right? <laughs> was completely <laughs> ill-equipped. I did not have the clothes. <laughs> oh, nice. Now, was that Claudio or who was that? Yeah, that was Claudio. That right. was Claudio Coca. He's the founder and chairman of GGI. And so, yeah, he started it back in 1995. And uh, we just got along so well. And, you know, I'd gone to school for finance and, you know, I was really uh, passionate about capital markets. So we had a, you know, that's his passion. So we had a great conversation. And obviously I was blessed to have a good background with people. Yep. And, um, you know, those are two key elements, I think. And yeah, the rest is kind of history. That's awesome. That story I don't think I had heard before. So I'm glad you were able to tell that. Now, I'm pretty interested, and we're going to get into Inspired Professionals, but a little bit more on GGI, because GGI sure. uh, was really interesting to me, because I'm part, I, Tremere, we're part of many associations. And most of them, if not all of them, other than GGI, are. CPA associations. It's CPA. You haven't seen anything different than that, I guess, because GGI is a combination of all these other things. But do you know, you know where this idea came from of intermingling all these different groups together? And obviously it's worked out well, but uh, do you know what the philosophy was? Was that Claudio's game plan from the beginning? It's not just a CPA thing. It's, a, it's something else. Yeah, it was really early on. Like I said, GGI formalized in, in 95 in Switzerland. And it was definitely the European... I would say mindset, you know, because when you look at the U.S. and in North America as a whole, you, know, you have two or three countries you're dealing with. But even if you're an accountant in California, you can do audit observations and everything like that across the country. You know, there's going to be some particularities to the state and local side, but you're not prohibited legally, let's say, from doing that. Whereas in Europe, you are, and it's a much more fragmented area. So the the onus of of relationships and knowing somebody who could, if you're in Switzerland, someone who knows how to perform German tax or who knows the German legal system is a, is a key element, I think, to being successful. So, you know, I know Claudio always tells a story about how uh, resistant a lot of other people were because at the time you had the big eight, right? And they said, why would you want to start another group? You already have the big eight. They're not going anywhere. You know, there was no implication that that would change at the time. You know, and so to be able to set up this other group that had the capability of legal and accounting, um, that was really something new at the time because it provided, in a way, more of a one-stop stop solution, one-stop shop solution. There you go. And then, and then, so the the Geneva Capital Group is that a separate entity then that started after the fact? Obviously, you were on board already at that point, and so how the decision come in? I guess to meld M and A and those other firms in. That was actually a natural outgrowth from GGI because GGI really is the legal and the accounting. They're quite balanced in that in terms of the representation of membership. It was the M&A attorneys and accountants that approached the management of GGI and they just said, hey, this would be real fruitful for us is to have some trusted intermediaries, you know, in terms of investment banks that were part of the broader GGI family. Um, so it is a separate legal entity, but it is definitely under the umbrella, I would say, of GGI. And uh, yeah, we went to work just identifying the right kind uh, of investment banks. I mean, that's also a challenge, you know, when we were, you know, who would actually play in that middle market and, you know, who was well suited for that. Because 
like anything, uh, CPA and legal, it's a very tiered industry, right? And right. so you have to find the right types of firms. Um, so it was a pleasure to be able to build that out and, you know, learn that language and learn where to add value. I think that's always the key, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. So, no, it was, it was fascinating. I just needed to be educated more on GGI. So thank you for that. Uh, no, that's fine. Yeah, that's a big part of my life. I was there 10 years. I grew up there. So that is a, a big percentage of your that's, life. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, I'm 58. 10 years is not that long a time, really. So obviously, based on that comment you just said, you're a lot younger than me. So, so let's, let's transition then. Let's move on. GGI, after that 10 years now, you've decided, all right, it's time to move on and, and do my own thing. Is this a passion that you've always had in the back of your mind? Uh, you know, how did, I guess, how did you make this decision? And I'm assuming it was a tough decision leaving GGI because I know you enjoy it there, but uh, how did Inspired Professionals come about? Yeah, really, really tough decision. It was, um, you know, I think I could have been there for a really long time and been really comfortable. You know, but for the same reason that I pursued GGI in the beginning was, I think you have to take those chances. You have to make yourself uncomfortable or else you won't grow. You know, uh, it was, it was really challenging to try and leave because I just, I, I had grown so close to so many of the people. Right. You know, but yeah, Inspire Professionals, although I didn't call it that in my mind, I definitely had it uh, in my head, I'd say for, you know, the last two years or so, just kind of how I would frame it, how I would put it together. And although we're we're launching slightly different than I envisioned <laughs> because well, of the current yes. state of things. Yep. I guess I always wanted to help firms better develop their talent and from, and from a, like a whole human perspective, right? Because I'm a big believer in that journey. Like you probably already heard, um, like you have to have a sense of, of self before you can be a good team member and you have to be a good team member before you can serve as a leader of that team. Right. And so like I, I full wholeheartedly believe in that journey. And um, I had the benefit of sitting in so many sessions and conferences around the world. And like those people who spoke to those kinds of aspects in their presentation and who I thought moved the needle, I just made sure I stayed close with those people. And I was always kind of floating this idea in the background of like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we provided professional service firms this kind of opportunity, you know, where they could, because it's one of the biggest challenges I always heard from the middle market segment of the legal and accounting fields, right? It was always like, hey, how do we, how do we bring our people up? How do we keep them? You know, because yeah. it just, it's a dagger to the heart when they leave. Yeah, well, you know? in the accounting profession in general, and I can't speak for lawyers, but accounting, that's been a huge problem for years, I guess, with attracting people, but keeping people in general, because it's, you know, accounting, you know, historically has a, a reputation of long hours and, you know, you might want to get out of that at some point in time. So, so you mentioned that you're focusing with Inspire Professionals on professional services firm, which makes sense. That's the, that's the, where you've come from. What is a typical client going to look like for you? Or is there a typical, I mean, what, what are you going to help them with? And I know you said in general, you know, attracting people, keeping people, keeping that working together as a whole or as an individual. What is a, a engagement going to look like with Inspired Professionals and let's say a you know, hundred person CPA firm or whatever you want to define? Yeah. So what we're doing now, uh, because for the remainder of this year, I mean, certainly an element was supposed to be in-person meetings because like, you know, for example, one of the guys uh, that I have uh, as part of the team, he's a 26-year Special Forces Marine. You know, like his, his day in and day out was team building. I mean, that's, that's what he did, you know. And I have a great story about when I even first met him because the first time we ran an event with him, 
I'd never met him before, right? I'd only talked to him a few times on the phone. A lot of sirs were exchanged. <laughs> and he comes walking into the hotel lobby, huge smile on his face, which just, I don't know, it's not what you picture in your mind, you know? Right, right. With uh, someone From with that, that background. Kind of record. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So he has this huge smile on his face. And I'm just like, oh, it, it, uh, sir, it's, you know, it's Adam Croson. Nice to meet you. You know, and he's just like, oh, yeah, it's great to be here. And I just said, you know, I have to ask. I said, are everything okay? You look really happy. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I just landed and on the way here to the hotel lobby, because we had hired him to do some team building, you know, for this particular right. event. And he said, uh, and part of it was like physical stressors, like he was taking them out on a physical activity and he would essentially kind of make them uh, in a stressed environment and then force them to like take turns leading the team, which I always found really fascinating because wow. you, you really cut to the chase about what a person's about, right? Yes. Because it's very wrong. And I'm a big believer in that. And he's like, yeah, I'm just so excited because on the way here, I was in the cab and I saw a construction site and uh, it was completely wide open. So I just made the cabbie pull over and I filled up the 10 sandbags that I needed and uh, just, I already got them done. I'm ready to go. And he was just on cloud nine because of that. And that's just, uh, <laughs> that's a different wiring. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. I was like, if that's all it takes, I'm happy you're here. <laughs> all right. Nice. And now what's he doing for you? He's doing the, uh, the uh, what did you call it? Oh, the physical stressors. Yeah. Yeah. So the in-person stuff, he, that's definitely uh, going to be his area, but he's, he's a big component of what we're doing virtually. I mean, that's what we're doing right now. And um, how we've structured it is, you know, we're just going to companies now. And because this is so much longer, I think, than anyone ever thought, you know, firms are realizing like, hey, if so much longer, you mean, I'm sorry to cut you off. You mean the pandemic? Well, you know, our, yeah, the pandemic, since yeah, yeah. Uh, this remote working has been Okay. So much longer. Yes, uh, for sure. Thought uh, firms are like, hey, we've spent all this time and money creating this culture, and we can't get people back. So, how do we engage with them? How do we motivate them? How do we keep them from burning out? And so that's what we we've come up with is kind of putting people on this. I mean, it is virtual, but we do it in three different sessions, and uh, we kind of have each one of these speakers in these different realms: emotional intelligence, team dynamics, and we have a business development arm. Uh, who are speaking to an internal group within a firm, usually about 10 to 12 people. And so we kind of have this more consistent interaction with them. And then we also bring in the firm leadership so that they also have a chance to bond to the firm, but just to give them the shared experience in this time, because, you know, it's a, it's challenging. Is, it cha is that a whole day event, a whole week event? How's this work? No, we're keeping it at 90 minutes a session right now, nice. every other two weeks. And we're, we're tweaking it as we go. You know, we're working with our first few handful of clients now. So we're excited about that because we just think it's so timely, the offering. Oh, definitely timely, the offering. So I'm sorry, I kind of cut you off there, but 90 minutes every two weeks, you said, right? Yeah, for so three, and we do it for three sessions for each group of 10 to 12. And some firms are looking at different groups or different uh, groups of 10 or 12, you know, so we'll run multiple sessions. But we try to keep like a one particular group together just so that we get that consistency and we're able to build uh, on through that journey. So with those three sessions, you mentioned three things as each, you know, emotional intelligence, team dynamics and business development as each session on one of those individually, or is all that blended together? It's kind of all blended together. We keep all the, uh, all the, uh, specialists together because you know, the way, and I always found it fascinating while we were putting all this together, you know, cause we did a whole bunch of pilots and tests and things before we rolled it out was you could have one topic and just because these people are from such different walks of life, have such different experiences. Just their lens on that particular topic is so different. Right. It's amazing. So even if you're in emotional intelligence, they can all weigh in on that, on how that affects whatever area they're at. 
yeah. you know? And I think that's actually where the, um, you know, that's really where the magic happens. Cause like, where do you, where do you get that in a real time environment all the time? You know, I, I feel like it's been very uh, siloed. Hey, we need better business development. Let's go there. You know, we need to do emotional intelligence. Let's bring somebody in and don't get me wrong. Those are great first steps, but I just wanted something that was just a little bit more complete and spoke to uh, the whole human experience. So you're going to have to educate me for a second. Uh, define emotional intelligence. Oh my gosh. I should get my <laughs> resident psychologist here or organizational psychologist here uh, to do that. That is, uh, you know, I think it's just being aware of, you know, your emotions and others, other people's emotions and, you know, what kind of interactions that, you know, that can really curtail, you know, I mean, just being, having that awareness is, is really key because, you know, it used to be, hey, you don't bring that into the office. But the fact is, that line is blurred more and more every day, you know, yep. especially through technology and everything. And to dismiss that as not being a reality for folks, because if you're on, if you're on a, a Zoom call now, and like just for us, like in Massachusetts, like the daycares aren't open, the schools aren't open. And let's say you have young kids, you know, if you're not appreciating the stressors of that situation, even just from a teammate point of view, you know what I mean? That can lead to right. a lot of conflict. And, you know, that's the basis is just, and I always like to boil it down to just really empathy, you know, like put yourself in that situation. And that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do. Um, but I think it's a key element, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And that's, that's kind of what I assume. But then with that, you're, you're helping them identify where they land on the emotional intelligence scale. I mean, identify, you know, how you handle situations. Is that the... Yeah, it's more goal? situational, more practical, right? Okay. Because even like now, uh, you know, I've selfishly used a lot of the points even in, you know, at home. I, mean, <laughs> I was like, hey, we're in this, we're in this uh, stressing environment in terms of the pandemic for four or five months now, right? And there's like an, there's a natural cliff that occurs because all this cortisol, right, is rushing. Like even just the, speaking about the physiological responses that your body goes through, you know, and just realizing that there's going to be a cliff you know, and uh, just knowing that you're going to have a shorter fuse, you may not even know that it's happening. Right. Right. Okay. But just being aware of that is, uh, is can be powerful. No, and that's obviously a huge thing right now. You can, t you can tell people are going through different, uh, different emotions, uh, different Absolutely. levels of uh, anxiety, different levels of uh, just about everything right now. Um, and I think the longer this goes, the, the, the worse, unfortunately, it can get. So that's why inspire professionals is important to help people get through that. Um, so, so you've, you've, you know, I guess a key term right now is pivoted. Uh, you've changed the way you're doing this with the, uh, from at least what your goal was. Once we do get out of this, how things will look different for you. What, what, what will you be doing? Yeah, I definitely, you know, um, you know, this year it's all about trying to build a community. You know, there's right. like anything, there's going to be some people that really latch onto it and some that don't. Um, but those ones that really do latch on, you know, when we have our in-person meetings, that's what I'm really looking forward to is because it's, it's not always easy to meet people, people who, you know, kind of share your value set, whatever they may be, you know, and welcome those kinds of challenges. Although I think, you know, it's a high performing industry, you know, mm -hmm. accounts and yep. professional services in general. Um, so I think there's a lot of that that's already there in people. But just being able to get out of your zone, you know, just being able to have that opportunity and, you know, travel a little bit and say like, all right, hey, we're going to go to Toronto and there's going to be 60 other people who feel like I feel, you know, and we're going to go through this shared experience because, you know, I've actually seen it happen. You know, I've seen it in person and I can just see that transformation where right. if you have, we had, I don't know, I think 15 or 20 young folks 
and I, and they were very much separate entities before we put them through this kind of uh, process. And I, I spoke to them all after in a panel and I tell you what, they had this, it was a real bond, you know? So is uh, that the, the ultimate goal then is this community that comes out of the experience or the, the, the education that you put them through? Yeah. And then because it inherently will have a business development arc, right? It's a soft skill development, right? So you're essentially attributing value to developing yourself by the same time you're doing it with others. And that's, that's the power too, you know? So it's a different, uh, it's a different angle. All right. So let's assume, you know, next April 15th comes and goes and we get through it and we're back to normal, which I'm not sure what normal is going to be. Um, Honestly, normal is not going to be the same going forward, but let's assume we get there through April 15th and we're able to all get out and be with each other and, and you're having these in-person things. Is there is that a time post-tech season, pre-tech season, any time? When, when do people start you know, implementing these programs, I guess? Yeah, definitely uh, probably post-tax season. Yeah. <laughs> the- <laughs> probably post-tax season, I would say, because we, you know, we had already scouted our locations for this year and everything about what we wanted to do. So we're just kind of keeping those in our hip pocket. Okay. You know, ready to move when we feel that it's uh, safe. Oh, so is this going to be then more like a conference? I mean, you're going to have people coming from all different industries and firms and come together, or are you doing this inside of a firm? I mean, right now it sounds like it's inside of a firm. Yeah, it's vertical now. So it's inside of a firm now for the virtual offering. Absolutely. Okay. But when we go in person, it will be, it will be from other firms. More Maybe. like a boot camp, it sounds like. like or a boot camp. Maybe that's the best way to say it. There you Just go. Don't want to over-militarize it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't tell. I didn't say anything about it in the intro. But you do, do come from a military family, right? So that's right. Grew up on military bases. That was weird. <laughs> Did, were, you, were you traveling a lot then with that? Uh, not as much. Um, my father did most of the, uh, you know, just the, the nature of his work was okay. traveling a lot. So, but you know, I was, I was born in a unique place. I always have a joke because I was born in uh, Cape Canaveral because my father was working with NASA at the time. And it's funny because all of my baby pictures are like this amazing sunset or shuttle launch. Like you can't even see me. I'm completely blacked out, you know, because <laughs> the focus is on this amazing right. landscape or yep. shuttle launch. So it's pretty funny, but, uh, yeah, no, we, so I, I was born there and, then we moved out to uh, the Midwest, so I stayed, I'd say, five or six, seven years in Tinker Air Force Base there, just outside of Oklahoma City. Okay. And then we moved out here to uh, Nevada, and that was Nellis Air Force Base. And that's I was going to ask you that because I know with GGI, you were traveling a lot. It sounds like when this pandemic ends, you'll be traveling a lot with uh, Inspired Professionals. Do you call it Inspired Professionals or IP or either? Yeah, either, I'd say. Okay. And so I would assume that uh, based on the way you're going to do this, then travel will ramp back up again for you, huh? Yeah, although I don't think to the same level. I mean, uh, although I don't know if I can ever reach Mr. Crabtree's level. Oh, how many, how many miles did you do last year again? I, it was 110, 120,000, something like that. So that's that's a lot, but there's a lot of people who do a lot more miles than me. Um I've gone cold turkey since February 29th. I think I may have said that on the show before, but yeah, I haven't uh, haven't had a flight since, and I honestly don't know when the next one will be. So, and how's that been feeling for you? Um, you know, I enjoying having more time at home with my family, which is uh, which is great. I uh, probably at the beginning I was having a little bit of withdrawals from the lack of travel. I may be starting to have those withdrawals again right now, just because I am. I am very cautious when it comes to the social distancing. I want to make sure that you know 
I don't do anything to help spread this or, you know, don't uh, uh, contribute in any way. And, and I want to keep my family safe as well. So I'm very cautious with all that. And so traveling to me right now is just out of the question. Although I have considered jumping in my car and, uh, and maybe hitting a few uh, outdoor uh, uh, meetings with some clients that are within a day's drive or so. So we'll see. I'm supposed to be the one answering the que- asking the questions, though. Here, so that was my move. That was my move. <laughs> you, you, see, is this part of the program? You 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 learn you teach people to turn the tables on uh, whoever you're talking to and take control. You're just a control freak, aren't you? That's no, no. <laughs> I, I enjoy talking to you all the time. So so hopefully uh, people realize that I'm I'm kidding you when we're talking here. No, I know, the, I know. Hey, uh, we're all it's all good times here. So Inspired Professionals, why don't you give, before we go to a final question, why don't you give a final wrap on that and, you know, just a summary again of everything so that people, you know, can, we can end on uh, this is what it is and this is how you can help them. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, it's a soft skill development program, you know, for professional service firms and, and their staff. And what we're doing right now is um, internal programming to help keep them motivated and bonded to the firm during the rest of this year. Get them through the pandemic, may help maintain your culture, and we put them on this. Uh, we bring in specialists in emotional intelligence, uh, team dynamics, and uh, business development. And uh, the four of us have worked together already for a while, known each other even longer. And so just being able to like truly build you know, through a curriculum or through a program is pretty special. And that's what we're trying to do is just uh, help firms get through this and be positioned to thrive on the other side. All right. Awesome. I think that was a great synopsis of what, what you're doing. So thank you for that. All right. So anybody that's listened to the show before has heard that we always end on a, a fun fact. And I'm going to ask you a question or, or, or point out a fun fact that I know about you and then expand on that. So you are, uh-huh. a, you are a sommelier. That's the fun fact. You are, for some reason, always so nonchalant and humble. If anybody asks you about it, it's like, yeah, okay. I, I taste wine, whatever. Um, I think everybody thinks it's a big deal, a lot more big deal than you think. Um, how did this, obviously I'm guessing Vegas had something to do with all the restaurants and everything out there, but how did sommelier come about and, and did you use it professionally ever? It's a good question. And I only downplay it because I've been out of it for so long now. You know, it's been, well, it was at least over 10 years. Obviously I have a passion for, for wine, which is... Uh, been very fruitful in our current uh, environment. Um, <laughs> we, oh, we've gone through a lot of wine in our house. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I would say I was just very fortunate to have some people around me who were much more skilled than I and who were willing to take me under their wing. And they just said, hey, we're going to go through this program. And, you know, if you're if you want to go along for the ride, we'd love if you would. And uh, how could I turn that down? So I was up every morning at you know, in Vegas time at 8.30, that's early, okay? I was there uh, doing blind tastings every day and, you know, for a good amount of time to make sure I could uh, achieve that that proper certification. It was a surreal experience. I, I'm so grateful for it. I never thought it would be so impactful, but I guess it is pretty different than what maybe a lot of people have done. Yep. Because there's four levels, right? And um, uh, to a sommelier and, uh, you know, the intro, I think a lot of people can have, that's just a written exam. But the certified, when you can actually call yourself a sommelier, is um, it's quite challenging. You have to, it's not only just a written exam, but it's also a blind taste, which they purposely do early in the morning as well, because that's when you're 
your body's not as, you know, sensitive, let's say. And then you have to do a service test and meaning in front of a master sommelier, which is pretty intimidating considering these are uh, the people who have been teaching you, <laughs> right? Yep. Uh, and you cannot, how can I say this in the right way, BS them. They know everything, right? So you can't just like make up something about like why right. some year of some wine was particularly gratifying. Like, no, you can't make that. They know it. <laughs> yep. And so it was pretty funny. I know, I still remember the uh, master sommelier I had, it was Jay James. And, um, you essentially walk into this big room and there's a, there's a big round table that has 12 seats around it and they sit in one of them and everyone else is pretend. And the test is you have to go in there and you have to open this bottle of champagne in the correct way. Okay. All right. And service everyone the correct way and in order. And they'll throw curveballs at you like, Oh, well that's the guest of honor, but that's it. But it's this person's birthday and they're just trying to get you off kilter the whole time. And it's pretty challenging. It's more like a circus Soleil act, you know, and to how you have to do it. Like you can only move around the table clockwise. I mean, there's all these rules that a lot of people don't know. And while you're doing that, which is already a challenge, you, they give you like some on the fly menu of like 10 courses and you have to pair it with what you think should be. You have no idea what it is going in. And they're like, yeah, this is what I want to have. And it's all pretend made up. Right. And they're like, now pair it for me. And you have to come with reasonable suggestions. Nice. So it's a little bit crazy. That's the part most people fail. Everyone gets uh, hung up on the, on the blind tasting, right? right. But uh, most people don't. It has like a 40% pass rate. So I was, I was happy I passed it on the first time. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. No, I always find it impressive. I, 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 I can drink wine. I can't tell you much about it. So having that knowledge, I think, is, is amazing. So, um, well, I appreciate you sharing that information. And, and the one thing, one of the things I found out in that story is I say it incorrectly. How do you say it? Some, some, I say sommelier. And what do you say? Is that what I said? Isn't that no. what I said? That's what I said. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. Okay, then I was saying something Sommelier. different before. Sommelier. Beforehand, Sommelier. you you already corrected me. I got that in my head now. I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm good to go. No, you said it right. You're the host. <laughs> all right. So, well, all right. Uh, before we final wrap, wrap. Um, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, website, uh, email, what, whatever. Uh, what's best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, inspiredprofessionals.org is the uh, is the website. Or um, yeah, and all my contact information is there. LinkedIn's always a great tool as well. And it's uh, just Adam Cross and Inspired Professionals. Got it. Well, I appreciate yeah. you being on this. I, I'm going to miss you at the GGI conferences. Uh, we've had some good times there in the past. Like I was saying, the Blues Club. You were there. I honestly don't remember. I honestly don't remember the Blues Club. This was we were talking about this before the show. Uh, uh, maybe I was there. I, that, you, that shows what kind of good times we've had, apparently. So, so well, Adam, thanks again. Uh, I appreciate it, and I hope everything's going well for you. I hope, uh, I hope you know this business kicks off great with uh, even uh, dealing with the issues that we're dealing with today, but it sounds like, as we said before, you've pivoted nicely and you'll pivot back to the original plans, uh, hopefully sooner than later. Ah, well, I greatly appreciate it. And you got a, you got a great show here, sir. So thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for joining us today. And you can find all the links and show notes for today's episode, as well as more about Trimerit at the uniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode where we'll be going beyond compliance into forging new pathways of delivering value to clients, diversifying your revenue streams, and leading edge management techniques and styles. 